welcome to the first Chewing the Fat with Barnat. Barnat is ill, I'm afraid. You're stuck with me, Alex Wright, your DM. I am joined today by Amy, David, Craig, and of course, Alex. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. hey. How are we all doing today? Not, not bad, too bad. Not thank bad. you. Can I complain? Living the dream. Well, glad we're out of tear at last. So today I thought it'd be interesting to have a bit of a regroup, have a chat. We've just finished arc one. So how's the gang feeling post Tales from Tear? Ouchie. Ouchie. <laughs> yeah, that's <Tired>. weird. <laughs> Hurt. Spiritually, existentially ouchie. <laughs> We just got our asses handed to us by the Glam Tinkering Forces. Yeah. Hey, I managed to get us out of there. <laughs> I'd say it's collectively as well. Uh, Finn was actually remarkably unhurt for most of that entire fight. <laughs> Osric did return to his home city for the first time in two centuries and then yeah. lost his limbs and also witnessed the whole thing burn to the ground. So, Oh, and his mum got killed and his dad found out his dad was dead. Not the yeah. best return. And his cousin was a dickhead. So I mean, he, might have, he might have known that already. It's been a bad but... time. <laughs> well, he's not I mean, the best time. It wasn't the family reunion you were hoping for. <laughs> and for 200 years, he's thought that Osric has gone from his life and doesn't want this throne. And just when it happens, he comes back. <laughs> Osric comes back precisely at the wrong time for Alfki, literally back as he's about to make his move. So if anything, Osric's the baddie here, really. <laughs> <laughs> the usurper. It's a bit like saying, according to Lex Luthor, Superman's the baddie. Are you comparing Osric to Superman here? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm just putting it into the subconscious, you know. So guys, I have a bit of a surprise for you all. I reached out to the Instagrams and asked for some questions for the gang. I've not listened to any of these questions either, so let's see what they say. Here's the first one from alex.kid.169 on Instagram. With Volley eating the bushes, isn't that cannibalism? That's my question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not sure Volley's ever eaten a bush. He's eating some flowers. And no, it's not quite cannibalism. Um, So generally, as a rule, Volmanet gets their nutrients through the ground. Their, their trees, that's how that's how they get it. They root up at night and they take in the nutrients uh, through the soil, just like a regular tree would. However, with Volley being away from the grove and in a copper city, he's had to find ways around it. And honestly, he's a bit weird. He just likes the taste of flowers. Yeah, it's not quite cannibalism, but it's probably frowned upon in some parts of the grove. Does Volley consider himself a tree? I guess it's kind of weird because he's he's self-aware to a point. Like, he knows who he is and his own mind, and he knows his reflection. Um, But, yeah, being in the woods is going to be fun to see how he deals with being in the woods that don't move. I mean, you did eat bits of the bush in the maze. Yeah, but that was just for fun. That wasn't really for for nourishment or any nutritional value. (laughs) That's what the cannibals all say. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't enjoy it. I, I, maybe, maybe he is a cannibal. Maybe this is something I need to. Uh, he might not be a cannibal, but about. he is a sadist. <laughs> yeah. All Volmane are trees, but not all trees are Volmane. Exactly, exactly, Dave. The next one is from the Insanitarium. Greetings, vagabonds. Corbin Wilding here, otherwise known as the Insanitarium on Instagram. I would just like to know. What has been your guys' favourite episode to record so far? Because it sounds like you guys 
have had a lot of fun on like practically every episode but <laughs> i would just like to know which episode did you guys find the most fun so far i think that'd be fun to go around the group on that one to be honest so uh amy um i think melinda's favorite episode was probably i'm um, going for dinner with osric in high tier society is that um, Melinda's favourite, sorry, Amy's favourite? Yeah, Melinda's favourite. I mean, favorite. I did enjoy it. Do you mean the dinner where someone died and Osric got cast away under arrest? <laughs> yes, Alex, I do One mean that. <laughs> but before all of that, <laughs> uh, she did some great curtsying. She got to meet some very important people. This is basically the life that she hoped for when she left college. Um, she got it for about an hour and then selfishly your uncle went and died and <laughs> the whole thing ended. But <laughs> yeah, that was really, um, really good. Uh, Alex, what would be your favourite episode then? I think for me, actually, probably the same episode, but for different reasons. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think that was probably the one where you really started to see Osric as someone who reacted to the world more. Things started to happen in Tear that were coming back to him personally, as opposed to just happening around him. And it was an opportunity to see how he would react if, like, a family member died, as as they did. Um, but see some real repercussions. I think that that was also the episode where we saw some real character moments from all the other characters come out as well. For me, that was the one where you could take a step back and see individual personality coming through. I think the last like airship escape towards the end of the episode was probably one of the first times that the group really all came together and each did a section of something that contributed towards a single whole. So yeah. maybe this is the start of a... It's weird Osric saying that. Osric helped. (laughs) He did it in his own way. He cast a cantrip and then opened a disastrous magic item. But (laughs) we might be moving towards the group actually working together in a way that they perhaps haven't done before now, which is Mm. exciting. I agree. I think what the group has been through has definitely brought them apart a little bit and physically. But also together, I think, you know, coming together to to try and rescue Osric and and then definitely for Volley, like the last few episodes. It feels like he's he's bonded with the group more through the tragedy that have befallen them and Tia. Mm. Yeah. What's your favourite episode then? Svart 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 I think my favourite is <laughs> Kind of split between two. I enjoyed episode three, Svartfest's volley, loved it. (laughs) Baldock Blubber, fantastic. Greatest character you've ever created. Take a bow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But also Uni Today, where we finally got there and we played the games and volley kind of mucked around in the dome and screwed over Finn and then let him win. And, you know, we had a lot of fun. (laughs) He got all the toys. (laughs) He got all the toys. It was a, a nice little moment where there's like a fire breather or someone juggling fire and Osric just leads Volley away by his arm. It's just this really nice little moment of like, hey, this guy's made of wood. Let's not take him towards the fire. Let's look after him. When it ends and we and we get into that fight and the Mordanus comes, that's when the group... For me, that's when the gang became the gang. You know, before that, it was just a group of friends who had no one else to talk to, kind of just mooching around together. Hmm. The first working together as a group. And yeah, of... it was it was the catalyst that brought us all to stay together, I think, rather than just bringing us together, but made us stay and fight together. Um, David, how about you? I'd probably say the uh, when we infiltrated the cult. <laughs> uh, that was quite a lot of fun. 
enjoyed uh, Finn getting away with a lot on his deception checks. Yeah, you pretending <laughs> to do the different voices. <laughs> yeah, Finn doing a Southern American accent. Um, and then obviously uh, Finn recommending we put on a fashion show. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd like to just throw a special bonus answer and say the Christmas special. Where we oh, all play smart. Yes. It's probably hands down one of my favorite role play afternoon evenings. Like, yeah. It was just funny. It was yeah, so was dumb, so stupid. Dave's moment where he walks into the middle of the thing is like, I am a tepal order. I still laugh just occasionally, randomly. I'll be driving to the shop and I'll laugh because I'm thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that as a team of Sparks, we came together so well, considering how chaotic all of our characters were. Yeah. I think in, in a strange way, I've had to learn something from those one-shot characters to bring back to the main group and how yeah. to interact with each other. Alex, let us know from your perspective, but I love the fact that in that Svartness episode that we set fire to everything and kind of broke your final <laughs> challenge. <laughs> Well, the, the entire game was based on randomness, so I rolled for the challenge you'd have and for the base and all that stuff at the beginning. So it was very much an episode made up on the spot, more so than usual, 100%. But did you ever think we were going to get away with everything? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you were all on absolute fire with your dice rolls, so well done. <laughs> yeah. well done. Which makes a change as well, doesn't it? <laughs> well, on to the next question then. This one's from Victor B. John Clint. I'm really sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Please forgive me. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Victor, and I'm from Sweden. And I would just start by saying thanks for in- introducing me to D&D. Oh. It's a really fun concept, <laughs> and I would really like to try it sometime. And now for my first question. It's for the DM, Alex. Do you have a strategy of how to handle the situation when... The squad goes, of course, like <laughs> away from what you prepared. And for David or Finn, who is also my favorite character so far, uh, what was the inspiration for Finn's background story? Thanks. Keep doing the good works, people. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you so uh, much. First, before we get into the questions, Victor, do it. Play D&D. It's great, honestly. Uh, get some friends together. It's really not hard to learn. It's a lot more intimidating looking at it from the outside than it is playing it. You're basically just telling a fun story with your friends and having a laugh, honestly. If you want to get into it, get into it. It's fantastic. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, Dave, do you want to answer first about your Mr. Favourite Character? <laughs> what? You sound, you sound a bit salty there. <laughs> no, not at all. So, um, well, partly off the back of uh, our DM, Mr. Alex Wright, creating the races, and I uh, saw the description for the Larsa. Uh, they were kind of described as a childlike ancient race comprised primarily of essence, and I thought that sounded really cool. I kind of just sort of built him from there. Uh, his backstory, I quite enjoyed the idea of him having a stepdad that he hated, even though his stepdad uh, was was perfectly nice to him. Uh, and um, he just kind of became a bit of a, uh, well, a productive waster, I think is probably the weirdest way of describing him, but the most accurate. He he liked to do a lot whilst doing nothing. <laughs> and then for, do I have a plan when it goes off course? Um, like how much <laughs> is 
planned. It's like surprisingly little, really. Like I know the story and I know where we're going and all that stuff in terms of the overarching theme, but I have no control over what you guys do. <laughs> so I know what the baddies will do around you and I know what the goodies will do around you, whether you affect that or not, but I have no control over what you guys do. Uh, and I enjoy being continuously surprised. <laughs> I think probably if you listen to the episode, you'll hear me laugh a shit turn the whole way through because <laughs> I'm just continuously surprised by what you guys are deciding to do. So, uh, Well, at your own reactions as yeah. well. <laughs> I've just listened back to the uh, opera episode on the prison escape and the way you laugh when you kind of act out an opera song is <laughs> it's really funny. It's because I like I make up on the spot and I'm just like, that's just so stupid. <laughs> Why the hell is he singing opera? But I just roll with it, it's fine. Um, I always try and enable it that there are multiple answers to any situation, so it really depends on the players to do what they want. And I just hopefully know the characters in the world well enough to react to that. That's all I do, really. Right, so the next one is from The Bearded Man in Black. Hi, folks. Just wanted to say how much I've been enjoying the adventure so far. Uh, all the characters are fantastic, and uh, Alex's accents for all the weird and wonderful characters <laughs> is just hilarious. So keep up all the, all the good work. I'm absolutely loving the podcast. Uh, my question to all of you would be, if there was a Freaky Friday moment and you woke up switched with another party member <laughs> who would you or would you not want to switch with and why <laughs> okay uh let's start with amy amy who would you want to switch with <laughs> um i think that melinda would maybe swap with molly for a few reasons one i mean cool to try out being a Volmane and second he doesn't seem to care about anything <laughs> and melinda can only dream of that much like <laughs> easygoing nature <laughs> there's a definite freedom there that osric really looks up to as well i feel like nobody really has any expectations of ollie because we all expect him to do something that's not expected so yeah like i feel like melinda would love that freedom <laughs> volley is a personification of a dice he is chaos <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I always saw osric as a bit of a chaotic good character but i think now that he's met um, Volley, he often <laughs> the has to bar think, has been raised. Am I lawful? <laughs> <laughs> I think yes. So would Osric also swap with Volley then? I think just out of pure curiosity, I think he would have to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Finn? I hate to be boring, but probably Volley as well. <laughs> one of the reasons that no one else has mentioned, because Finn kind of wants to know what it's like to be tall. Fair. Yeah. So everyone would be Volley. Volley, who would you be? I think Volley would probably switch with Finn. Because, God, he wants to know what's under the mask. <laughs> he dreams about it. He thinks about it every waking minute. He just wants to know what is under that mask. Finn's incredibly aware of that and is partly why he's quite so distrustful of Volley in general now. <laughs> because he is just worried that eventually Volley will just rip it off his face. I make no promises. So there you have it, Beardy Man. Everyone would be Volley except for Volley who'd be Finn. There you go. <laughs> I'm going home pretty smug tonight. This one's from Matt Derbyshire 7. Right, yeah, so I've got a question for you all. Um, what would be one thing that you'd want your character to achieve? Oh, that's cool. Go around the table again, I guess. David. What would I like Finn to achieve? I'd like Finn to self-actualize in terms of 
know himself better than he currently does. I want him to realize why he's doing what he's doing and not just having his old, well, he's, I think he's moving past his old motivation of just trying to sort of get enough money to not have to work. But I want him to sort of follow his path of sort of becoming more a virtuous hero, really. Alex. What does Alex want? Alex probably wants Osric to have a slightly easier ride for a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) I I didn't have any, any real plans for his art going into it. I knew where he where he'd come from but then what I wanted to do was open the doors for sort of the story to unfold so keeping things open for him to like lose his hand and explore that is but it's entirely spur of the moment and that's something I'd like to continue with but for Osric I think he probably feels a personal obligation to resolve the Alfgeet problem yeah and you know come back and take ownership of the city that he even if he wasn't positioned to take control of the city, it's his obligation now to fix something that he probably has a personal, he feels personally responsible for. Right. Uh, I don't know when that will happen. It feels like we're going in the wrong direction right now, geographically. But, you know, things have a habit of coming back around, don't they? Amy. <laughs> Can we refer things into it as Alfgate? <laughs> Alfgate. Oh, yeah, okay. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So what does Melinda wish would happen post-Alfgate? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's something that she hasn't really had a chance to think about, but um, her hero, uh, Lirana, in the college, in Nagelian, well, allegedly died. And I don't think she's really had the chance to process that information. But she's done a little bit of silent crying while we were in the inn before all of this uh, madness went along. So she definitely wants to find out more about what's happened there. Now that she's, you know, worked on her detective skills, she thinks she could offer her a hand. She, she, she successfully, you know, discovered... Well, she didn't actually find out what, at all what happened to Brock, but, you know, <laughs> she got those guys to sign some, some <laughs> confessions, so maybe she can help with that. You did find out who killed the Dragon Prince, so you've done some... You've done two detective stuff at the moment. Yes, that's true, yeah. Okay, there great. is a bit of follow-up to be done there, there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, I got, I got there is some back. follow-up. Yeah, there's follow-up. <laughs> um, and Amy would just like Melinda to vomit less um, <laughs> coming up. Like... Not death save less, no? <laughs> yeah, and not die. Like, I can't believe how much she's died. <laughs> um, I mean, the last time she did sort of ask for it, she kind of knew that when she was getting on that, heli- uh, that airship, there was a good chance that she might die, but... Um, yeah, the other times, no. Like, those were those, <laughs> those weren't okay. Uh, Craig, then, what would you like Volley to achieve? Uh, at the moment, live long enough to see his next birthday. I think is <laughs> his current order. desire. It's, all order. it's like, am I ever going to see the Grove again? I don't know. Um, in terms of longer-term goals, I don't Polly doesn't really have any. He's just there for the ride and to learn and to see the world. Um, what do you want Volley to achieve? I don't know. I think I think I want Volley to understand that the world isn't just a playground, um, which is kind of how he saw it at the beginning of of this chapter or this of this arc. And I think he's starting to learn that there's some pretty bad people in the world. I think he would like to help th- those people. I think that will po- probably be something on his mind going forwards. Is that how can he help the little guy, as it were, those in the lower tiers and those who have less than he does? 
There we go. Okay. So this question comes from Robert Marshall, zero, zero. Hey, guys. How's it going? So we've got a couple of questions. First one being, how old does a Volmany live until? And if Polly is eight, is it like dog years? And also, <laughs> the most important question, how fast can Finn swim in comparison to a duck? <laughs> Keep up the good work. Take care. Bye. <laughs> um, okay, well, honestly, let's go for the question that was on everyone's mind. Uh, David, how fast can Finn swim compared to a duck? So I think d d speed, it's half your movement speed is your swimming speed, if I'm right. Right. Uh, really? so, I don't know. It? I've never thought about how to swim. I think so. It's the same as climbing, isn't it? Each foot you swim costs one extra foot of speed. So yeah, it's half your half your speed. Yeah. We need to check duck stats now. Right, so D&D duck stats. I'm pretty sure the duck beats me. Um, I would go 12 and a half foot in a so, round through water. Duck stats. I feel like we need a drum roll for this. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah, so you are almost half as slow as a duck swimming. So, um, yeah, no, there you go. Um, uh, not quite a whimsical answer, but a factual answer. Finn <laughs> would lose to a duck. There you go. He'd be lapped by a duck. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already getting side quest ideas as we're <laughs> Finn spending an arc training to beat a duck. <laughs> <laughs> you just get loads of Rocky montages. Volley, Volmine, how long do they live and is it like dog ears? Um, it's not like dog years. Vomini are kind of weird. So they live to be, you know, in their four, five hundreds, six hundred at a push. If you're kind of looking, you stand in the grove your entire life and don't get pushed out of airships or in burning copper cities or anything like that. Um, I'm not sure Volley's going to live to see nine, <laughs> let alone three, four hundred. Um, it's not like dog years. Volley is technically an adult Vomini. I use adult loosely and in inverted commas, yeah. <laughs> but I think he's just a bit naive. Yeah, Volmini are, I want to say births, but it's not the right term. You're kind of made kind of by grown. the mother tree yeah. pre-adults. There is no kids. Volmini are made for uses when a use is required. So you're yeah. not, there's no gestation or growth period. You literally are born into existence as is. Which is interesting for Volley because he was given a role and decided he didn't want to do that. And he's the first Volmine ever to be like, nah, I'm going to ignore what the Mother Tree says and do my own thing. And then... What was Volley's role? He was originally a sentry, which means he just stands at the edge of the grove and just does nothing, which... As a sentry. <laughs> sentry, hey, exactly. Nice, yeah. So, yeah, Volley wasn't about that. He wanted to be a seeker, which... Uh, Volmine that are sent out into the world to find out what's going on and to learn things and send that knowledge back to the mother tree. So we have one final question, guys. This is it. The big one. The end. Whoa. Let's just go straight into this one. Hi, guys. Got a question for the team. <laughs> Were the characters picked at random? And if not, why did they pick those characters? Um, Craig, who's that? Hi, Mum. <laughs> that is uh, that is my mother, ladies and gentlemen. Hands down, probably the biggest podcast fan. So, massive respect and lots of love to you for that. Absolutely. Um, I guess I'll go first then, since I'm mumbling, and I'm probably going to mumble my way through this answer. Um, 
I've forgotten the question. Why did you pick your character, basically? Oh, okay. So uh, I'll say this kind of on behalf of everyone, um, but we picked the races ourselves. We picked the classes and backstories and all of that ourselves. Um, the reason why I picked Volmine is because Vol is my spirit animal, I guess. He's a bit of a child and I'm a bit of a child. Um, I just thought they were cool. I like the Ents in Lord of the Rings and I liked Groot in Guardians and I just thought wouldn't it wouldn't be cool to play something that kind of sits in the middle of those two kind of characters. Um, so I picked Volmanae just based on the fact that they're basically walking trees. I just thought that was cool. I thought there was a lot of fun stuff I could do with that. Um, and that's, yeah, that's why I picked Volley. Uh, Alex? Um, Osric and the gear gnomes in general interest me because they're, they're tinkerers. They strike me as stubborn, down-to-earth people who aren't afraid to get their hands dirty, but also come up with interesting ideas and interesting bits and pieces that are they can physically hold in their hands, which really drew me to them. And Osric is a stubborn guy who really kind of is a bit like me, like most of my characters are. But also now that the podcast has developed a little more and we've, we've got to know some of the other characters, he's become a bit of the foil to the others. He is the straight-faced, stoic response to a lot of the weird and wonderful actions going on around him. And, you know, it's sort of a bit of fun to play the eye of the storm, really. Uh, Amy, how about you? Why Melinda? Well... Usually I would play the class of druids. That's usually where I go with my characters. I've played a couple of them. I love it and nature. Um, and yeah, I think that's playing a character who was a Volmane and very like wise and in the woods would have been well in my comfort zone. Um, but I wanted to play a more bookish character and kind of play in some different parts of my character. There's still so much of Melinda in me. Like, you know, she's part of Amy, but it's like an exaggerated version of certain parts of my character. Um, I spend so long trying not to be uptight, whereas Melinda is so unashamedly uptight. Um, that's really fun to play and just let that run wild and free. Yeah, and that's how she started. And um, yeah, it's fun to play a warlock. I've never done that before. And to be so charismatic and chatty is well out of my comfort zone. Um, so that's kind of where she came from. Perfect. And finally, David, where did Finn come from and why? In terms of why I picked Finn uh, and his class, like, as I mentioned, I like the sound of the Larsa as a race. They sounded pretty cool. And um, Finn's class, I picked Artificer because I've never played an Artificer before. I quite like the idea of having a, uh, a regular attacks as well as magic slash essence. And in terms of who Finn is, I, as I said earlier, I kind of just like the idea of him being, starting out as being quite naive and quite sort of childish and having sort of contradictory aspects to his personality in that he's got a stepdad who's really nice and trying to help him, but he hates him. So yeah. So that's all the questions, gang. I just want to say thank you first and foremost to everyone who sent a question in. It's really fantastic yeah, to see these come so in. Yeah, thank you very Thanks, much. guys. Love hearing them and your fantastic questions. Thanks so much for enjoying the show and also writing in. That's great. Yeah, we love hearing from you and uh, hearing how much you're enjoying listening. We say this a lot, but we honestly thought like no one would listen. And so yeah. it's lovely to hear that you're all enjoying it so much. It really is. 
Thanks for listening, gang. Hope you guys enjoy this little round table with the players. We'll be back with Arc 2. In the meantime, please follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Tabletop Vagabonds. And wherever you find your podcasts. Yes. And please send us some questions or just some messages. It's always nice to hear from you guys and we do respond to everyone. So if you have another question you want to ask off the back of this, please send it through and we'll answer it on Instagram. Uh, Yeah, we, we like hearing from you guys. Absolutely. And there's always our website as well, www.tabletopvagabonds.com, where you can find all kinds of exciting and sneaky things for you to enjoy. There's some pictures of us on there too. There is. You can see (gasps) our faces. Sneaky. (laughs) So where's next, Alex? Can you drop us a teaser? Next, you are in a huge wood, which is very different to Tia. It's not... I don't want to say too much, but it's a very different world. You've had the political intrigue stuff. Now you're going back more into the world, which is slightly unaware of what's going on in that regard. And it's up to you guys how you deal with that. Cool. That's all for now. See See you you next time. time.